0: Now that's one of my favorites embrace the cross well let's try this again if you have your bibles open them up to proverbs chapter 22 last sunday we started a new series called doors to the door and if you are familiar with the bible you know that there is only one door to eternal life there's only one way to god and that is jesus christ But people enter into a relationship with Christ under many different circumstances and conditions. And last week we looked at the first door of intercessory prayer. If you missed it, the door is right up here. And it's full of the names of people that this congregation um, came to the front during the invitation time and filled out papers that this congregation is asking God to save. And we already know that it's his will to save them. And so we're asking. And for those who would like to come during the week, we're leaving this door out so that you can come and hold it. (laughs) No, so you can come and stand on either side of the door and pray during the week. And I had people in here praying this week for these names. And one of the people who was praying for the names told me, I didn't count each one, But they told me that there's close to a thousand names on that door. And uh, can you imagine what what, would happen if we prayed diligently and earnestly with intercessory prayer that God would save those people? He wants to save them. Our reading today is in Proverbs 22. Just one verse. Verse number six. And you've probably heard it before. Here's what it says. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old... He will not depart from it. Door two today, the door we'll see is early entry. And let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word that brings us together. We thank you for the Son of God and his work in our lives. And we pray that if there would be a person today who does not know you as Savior, that they would understand that you have a plan and a purpose for their lives and that is eternal life. And I pray that you would bless now this message for we ask it in a special way. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. A place where sin cannot molest, near to the heart of God. O Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart (tus) You <tus> do Three
0: Thank you, ladies, for that. I appreciate that. If you aren't a child of God, I hope and pray that you'll make the decision to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior today. And it doesn't matter what your past experience is or what age you are. He will save you. But I have to tell you that the best time for a person to enter into a relationship with Christ is at the earliest age possible. As soon as they have a basic understanding of things like sin and death and hell and salvation. Anybody can be used by God. And every person who receives Christ has a spiritual gift. But the greatest potential for the kingdom is a child who has been raised knowing truth and nothing else. See, there's a broad way that leads to destruction. Destruction. And Jesus said in Matthew 7 in the Sermon on the Mount that many go in at the broad way. Why? Because they're born headed that direction. They're born as sinners. They're born under condemnation. Jesus went on to say that narrow is the way that leads to life. And few there be that find it. And we don't want the souls of our children to be left to chance. Maybe they'll find it. Maybe they won't. We have to lead them to the narrow way and show them where it is. And that's the essence of what we're going to look at this morning in early entry. And today's our children's ministry Sunday. And I feel really weird. It's, it's kind of this. My wife said this is not a good fashion statement this morning. So I don't know if this is any better. I feel extremely weird preaching on a t-shirt. Will you guys forgive me if I do that? Okay, forgive me. I don't think, I think it's, you know. oh, there you go. I know, but you didn't grow up wearing a suit um, since you were two years old. So, all right, Let's see if I can center myself here. We're at church, okay, I'm not at the beach, we're at church. Um, all right, I've got it, we're good. We're going to walk through this now in Proverbs 22. There's notes in your bulletin if you'd like to follow along today. And first I want to talk about the dedication of a parent, or the dedication of the parent, um, how many of you just just to get a read today, how many of you have at least one child? How many of you have at least one child? Okay, okay, good. Um, last week, we talked about how we often desire for others to come to Christ, to the point that if we could become saved for them, we would. If we could force our children onto the path of eternal life, we would. The fact is, we can't. No soul can be saved for any other soul. Um, you can go to some religions and you can they tell you you could be baptized for someone who's already dead. You're just getting wet. It doesn't do anything for your soul or their soul. Um, There are some places where you could go and you could give money to keep someone out of uh, a longer place in hell, or some people use the word purgatory, which isn't in the Bible even. But that's not true. It's just blatantly false. Um, Every soul that has reached a a point of basic understanding is responsible to God for his own decision about Jesus Christ. In some denominations, especially back in the 1700s, if you've studied history, you may have heard of the Puritans before. And uh, this was a group of Protestants who came over from England um, into the New World, and many of them went to Massachusetts, and and, uh, some of them went a little, little further south. But the Puritans were a people who were so intent on having their children follow God that they would proclaim them as children of God right when they were born. They said that as long as a child had been christened or sprinkled or had gone through some scenario or system, that he's now a child of God. And he just has to confirm it when he turns a certain age. It's, it's really good. I, it's even great that they wanted their kids to know God. But knowing God starts with the book. It starts with the truth, and if you can't understand the truth, you can't choose God. It starts with the path. God has never once said that you can decide for your kids about eternal life. And so in the Puritan system, tragedy struck. Kids began to grow up under this false impression that they had a relationship with God. Confusion and false assurance abounded. And it still does many times in these systems where infants are told that they're children of God from infants on. Baby Tess is back there. Emily just sang. And uh, hopefully Tess is going to keep in line today in church. You know, she's just a couple weeks old. She's a beautiful little baby. But I tell you this. She's not a child of God yet. She doesn't know Jesus Christ yet. Now, until she becomes Able to even understand sin and death and hell and salvation. If she dies, which would be just a horrific thing, but if that happened, she'd be with Christ because she doesn't have an understanding of the deeds of the law. But once we have an understanding of right and wrong and Jesus and hell and death, we are responsible to make a decision for Jesus Christ. We are. And it's parents who are the key to this, if you will. I I want to be sure in this passage what train up means. And I wanted to be sure of that this past week. So I just got out the Hebrew dictionary. And I don't know Hebrew, but I know how to read the dictionary. And so I was reading, reading about train up. And it's a Hebrew clause. Here's what it literally means. To initiate a child... At the opening of a path. Isn't that weird? To initiate a child at the opening of a path. Can't put the child on the path. But you can take them to the opening of the path. And tell them what it is. Teach that child what this path is. And where that path is. Plant a child at the entrance. And show them the door. And uh, many times... In our lives, we fail to do that with our own children. And I hope it's a priority to you today. Um, Often here at Centennial, and in many churches across the world, we dedicate children to God when they're very young. And sometimes we even have baby dedications here at church. And certainly at that time, we pray that the child will have an understanding of who the Savior is at an early age. But that dedication is much more about the parents... Than it is about the child. It speaks of consecrating a child to the service of the Lord. And it's modeled after 1 Samuel chapter 1. Where Heda said, God, if you give me a child, I'll commit him back to you. I'll dedicate him and consecrate him back to you. It speaks of centering the parents' lives or the parents' life around having that child know Christ. The largest duty of a Christian parent is to show your child the truth of eternal life. Now, obviously, to do that, you'll have to know that path yourself. You'll have to seek out the path for your life on your own. But certainly, there's a dedication to the path. And then there's the direction of the path. The direction of the path. Train up a child in the way he should go i've heard people say before that they want their child to experience many paths so that they can know which one they want to take and look if we're talking about choosing between basketball and soccer or if we're looking at the difference between trumpet and clarinet that's okay but when we're talking about eternal life and death that is absolutely not okay you don't show a kid ten different doors and then hope they'll choose the right one in the end. You show them one door and only one. You uh, remember that song from Sunday school? One door and only one. Yeah, it's are two. How many of you know, remember that one? Okay, a couple people back from the 70s Sunday school program. Um, or 60s, whatever that was. Um, but there was, there's one door and only one. And we don't have the right to share with our children all these various things and then let them choose. God has told us deliberately to train them up in the way, singular, one, one way. And the admonition in Proverbs 22, 6 does not speak to the way a child would go, but to the way a child Should go. Look back to Proverbs chapter 14 in your Bibles. Proverbs 14. I want to show you another verse. This verse blows me away. Proverbs 14. Look at verse number 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You know, there are billions and billions of people on planet Earth today who are walking in a way that they think they should go, that seems right to them, but the end of that way is death. Say, Pastor, you're, you're condemning, you're judgmental. Nope, just going by the book. Just telling you what Jesus himself said. Jesus said that if you believe not in him, You are condemned already. John 3.18. The scriptures tells us that we're condemned already. And if you head down the broad way, you're going to end up at where the broad way leads. Leads to destruction. The way that seems right to the carnal mind is this broad way. I can't get over the logic that people sometimes use in their lives. People think that they can walk down a path of deceit and end up at truth. Or sometimes they think they can walk down a path of addiction and end up healthy and clean. People think they can walk down a path of spending and not end up in debt. That would be the United States of America, right? How in the world do we think that we can spend a trillion dollars more than we take in every year and not end up? Broke. I just don't get that one. Sorry to get off on the topic at hand for just a second. Um, But people think that they can walk down a path of living it up and end up pure and wholesome. And could I point something obvious out to you today? Your direction always determines your destination, it always does. Every single time, it never fails. And why is it that you think that you will be the first person ever to go west on Interstate 84 and end up in Salt Lake City? You won't be. But that's the way people live their lives. I'm going to go this direction, but I'm going to end up there. No, you're going to go where you put your direction. You're going to go on the path that you're on and it will lead to where it leads. If you walk on a path of bad communication in your marriage, you won't end up at a great place. If you walk on a path of cheating on your spouse, you're not going to end up where you need to be. And yet, when it comes to eternal life, it's the same thing. If we don't create a system in our lives and our families to get people to the path that leads to eternal life, They won't know Jesus Christ. People do it all the time. People lead their kids to do it all the time. The path to Jesus Christ is going in only one direction. If you want to end up with a young person who follows the Lord, they're going to have to be on that path. So naturally, the question has to be, what path are you on today? What path is your child on today? Guarantee you this. The path leads to the destination always, every time. And and so we definitely need the direction. But then we need the dangers of the present. We have to discuss that. We have to understand that when we train up a child in the way they should go, then there are quite obviously ways that a child shouldn't go. Right? If there's a way that they should go, then there are many ways where they shouldn't go. And it's our job to instruct each child of the potential pitfalls that are lurking at every corner in their life. The devil doesn't have any new tricks. Do you know he's using the same tricks that he used in the Garden of Eden now? He has no new tricks. He just paints them with a different color, with a different brush, And every generation faces new adaptations of the same enemies, the world and the flesh and the devil. And we're talking right now in our Sunday night series about the traps of the teen years. And there are a bunch of them. And they need to be pointed out because way too many people, way too many Christian kids ruin their lives in the teen years, Parents, I promise that I understand that your kid has a free will. And sometimes young people who have been led to the door of Jesus Christ, who have been taught about eternal life, choose on their own to walk away. That happens. But often when there is a failure, it's a failure on our part to point out the dangers in a responsible, loving manner. If there's only one way a child should go, then there are many ways he shouldn't go. And I know your thought may be, Pastor, I just don't want to be negative all the time. I don't want to have too many boundaries or restrictions. And I get that. But there are times when you do have to stand up and be the parent. God has given your kids you to protect them from decisions that they aren't mature enough to make. God has given you to your kids to help lead them to the path and on the path. If you follow sports much, you may have heard this one before. The best offense is a good defense. You heard that one before? Could I say that when it comes to training up a child and the way he should go, the best defense is a good offense. When it comes to training a child in the way he should go, the best defense is a good offense. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Um, Thy law is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And when we teach and we train in the word of God, it's a defense against the world. If we lead that child to be in love with Jesus Christ, and we model authentic Christianity to him, you're not going to have to spend nearly as much time pointing out the dangers. Um, but a lot of times we try to rule through legislating morality in our homes. You will do this. You won't do this. You will do this. You won't do this. And it's kind of this sing-songy rhyme. But if there's no relationship with Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean anything. When that child leaves your home, those rules are out the window. They have to have a personal walk with the Savior. There has to be somebody who's actually on the path. So there are dangers in the present. But then I want to see the determination as priority. The determination as a priority. We... Every year as a church Recast the vision From God's word About what we should be doing And how we should be reaching our community And influencing lives Nine of our major ministries In this place Have to do with helping parents Train their children In the way they should go Man pastor We should have more things for single adults Or divorced moms Or recovering addiction helps And you're right, we probably should. And hopefully someday we will. But right now, today, we have some plain instructions from God's Word about bringing people to the door at an early age. We have plain mathematics that tell us this. It is much more ministry effective and much more cost effective to reach a child and to help parents train children than it is to attempt to reclaim lives that have been ruined and wasted by sinful habits and relationships. You know, we're all about, and I'm all about, helping people with problems. We're all about that here at Centennial. We, We love to help people with problems. But I wish to God that I never had to do that. I wish that we didn't have to talk to people after they messed their lives up. I wish we could talk to them before they mess their lives up. I wish to God that we could reach people and get them on the path of authentic relationship with Christ before they make incredibly bad decisions that leave them with no good choices in their lives. And so we're reaching out. I'm going to describe those nine ministries here quickly today as the early entry door. And I want you to know that every single one of these ministries need more volunteers. They need more helpers. They need more soldiers for the cause of Christ. And if you would like to help in one or more of them, I hope you'll write your name and some information on your bulletin tear-off today. Hand it to an usher or to me personally after the service. Um, We have some good procedures for people who help in all of our children's ministries. And so you're going to have to go through some screening. But we always, always need helpers. Um, We do not want you to be in children's ministry if you hate kids. All right? It's kind of one of the givens. Um, We want you to be spiritually gifted to work with kids. Um, There are spiritual gifts that that generate a a children's ministry like no other. Um, And here's another deal. If you have kids, I hope you'll be open today to the idea that maybe you should be a part of children's ministry. Um, If you have kids and you don't ever want to help, that's a danger sign in your life. You should want to help with the children that God has given you to instruct. Say, Pastor, I don't buy that. That's what the church is for. That's what the schools are for. Read Deuteronomy 6 sometime and tell me whose job it is to raise children. It is not a village And their job to raise your child. It's not the church's job. Now, we want to do everything we can as a body to help you. But it's your job. And you should be involved in your children's lives. And and so all that to say, we we always need helpers. Um, The first ministry I want to talk today is nursery. And man, thank God for the nursery. We get to actually have church here today because of that. All right, so we've got our nursery, first of all. Um, in the nursery, I love this. Second Timothy 3.15 describes this. Paul speaking to Timothy, and here's what he said. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. The Greek word for child in that passage is a word called brephos, And here's what it describes. This is a neat idea that God shares with us. It describes a child from the point of conception, in the womb, from infancy. And I know that we have some expecting mothers in here. Um, My wife is one of them. And uh, we're already thinking about songs that we need to be singing to the child in the womb. Right? (laughs) Got to get the right atmosphere. And she's giving me instructions all the time about how she needs to be taken care of um, through this process. So we're we're getting that all together. But from a child, from, from infancy, from a time in their life, when they're born, many kids, their first exposure to Jesus Christ happens in the church nursery. And I thank God for our loving volunteers who care for these little ones. They really are amazing Like I said earlier, we always need more help. Um, The next one I want to see is the Sunday school. And Sunday school has been around since the 1800s. And we still have Sunday school for kids here at Centennial. So put Sunday school up there. Sunday school. um, How many of you went to Sunday school when you were a kid at all? Yeah, a lot of people did. Um, Parents, I mentioned this a minute ago. You have been instructed by God to teach your children his Word. And our Sunday school is there to help with that goal. Deuteronomy 6, 7 says, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. We have graded classes designed for your kids every Sunday morning at 9.45. We have some terrific teachers. Um, They just started the new year today as far as their new classes and grades. And so it's a perfect time to get your kids involved with the new grades. Also... Um, At the 945 hour, not only do you have kids being fed spiritually, straight from God's word by trained, loving, caring teachers, but we also have at the same time life groups for adults and teens. And if you have never tried coming for a first hour on Sunday mornings, I hope you'll consider it this fall. Um, There is not a better way to live your life spiritually than to be connected with other people who are trying to do the same thing. And have your children trained that way. Uh, Another ministry that I want to highlight today is our bus ministry. Uh, This morning at 8 or between 8 and 8.30, we had a group of people who showed up to get our bus and our van ready to go out and to pick up people from the community, many of them children. What an opportunity we have to go out in the highways and hedges And compel them to come in. Jesus said, Suffer the little children to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. I love what's happening in our bus ministry. Um, We have a young man, I don't see him today, but he's been riding the bus for close to a year now. And uh, he um, has been excited about going to youth camp, he's been excited to be involved in, in youth group and to go to activities, and now this year, um, his mom came in to talk to us. She said he rides the bus every week, and he wants to go to the Christian school here, the Centennial. He said, that is awesome. So we talked through it, and now he's in the Christian school in our high school. And uh, so praise the Lord for what the bus ministry is doing. I know that many of you pray for our bus ministry, and uh, many of you give toward our bus ministry above your tithes. And we could always use more helpers. They always need more people to go out and meet kids in the community and to help um, parents know the safety and what we're doing. And so we always need help with that. Next one I want to mention is Awana. Awana is a kids' club that has been around for many, many years. I was in Awana when I was growing up. And that's where I learned a lot of my first Bible verses. Um, it, it stands for, it's, if you, how many of you have ever heard of Awana? Yeah, it's kind of a weird name. Second um, 2 Timothy 2.15 has a phrase at the end of it. It says, a workman and not ashamed. And that's what it is. It's an acrostic, A-W-A-N-A. A workman and not ashamed. And uh, so the key verse is Second 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And kids from age three, all the way up through fifth grade, who are in our Awana ministry, um, they get to sing songs, and they play some really fun games in the gym or outside, and they have a story time. But the best thing is, I think by far, is that they hide God's word in their hearts. And Awana is a very special ministry takes place on Wednesday nights from September to May kind of during the school season if you'd like information on how to be a helper for Awana we have a volunteer meeting come up, coming up next Sunday right after the morning service what a blessing you could be to a child and if you've ever helped with Awana before you know what a fulfilling ministry it is as you watch little second third, fourth graders, first graders learning Bible verses and hiding God's word in their heart. Um, I, I still remember when our kids were in Sparks. And uh, they're learning the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. What an amazing truth. That is leading this child to this door. Now they may not even understand what that verse means yet. They're learning for all of sin. to come short of the glory of God. Say well that doesn't mean anything. Yeah it does. It means that when they figure out they're a sinner. They're already at the door. And now they go through it and they meet Jesus Christ and they form a relationship with the Savior of the world. What an opportunity. Um, I am so proud of our young people in our youth ministry. That's another one I want to highlight today. Our youth ministry is thriving and growing. And I know they're excited about getting into their new youth room. um, But many of them are involved in ministries of their own every week. Many of our young people are serving God on a weekly basis themselves. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.12, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. And our youth workers are striving together to make that happen. Um, Sunday mornings at 9.45, we have life groups for teens. And as soon as we get that piece of paper that says we have occupancy upstairs... They are going to move up there. They're going to have four different life groups every Sunday morning. They have a life group for middle school girls, They'll have a life group for middle school boys, and then a life group for high school girls, life group for high school boys. On Wednesday nights, at seven, we have middle school youth group and high school youth group. And we have some great leaders. Uh, Often they'll play games or do activity together and then break out into their groups. Youth ministry is exciting and it's also tiring. And thank God that I'm no longer in the youth ministry. I don't think I have the energy level anymore. Oh, I can't believe I just said that. Then I remember we're about to have a baby. This is not good. I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm going to need your support. It will take a village to raise this child. Strike what I said earlier from the, from the message. But, but thank God for our dedicated workers who are planning monthly activities, um, who are planning annual youth camp. That is a big deal. Who are planning our annual winter retreat up in McCall for, just for teens and much more. I, I thank God for our youth workers. Um, our youth workers here at Centennial are, are some of the best I've ever seen who are dedicated in their lives. And we can always use more people to mentor young people. Uh, another ministry I want to talk about is our daycare. During the week, Centennial has a daycare for, uh, from babies that are six weeks old all the way up through 12 years old. And we have caring staff that open at 6.15 a.m., God bless their hearts, Uh, Monday through Friday, and they close around 6 p.m. I've had people who talk to me many times who don't understand this ministry and why we have it. And it's okay if you ever talk to me about that. I'm not mad at you, but I'll explain it to you. Here's why we have it. Because we have the opportunity to influence children and families for Jesus Christ. Many of the people who walk in that door for the first time to bring their kids to daycare are unchurched. Many of them do not know Jesus Christ. Many of them have great needs. And our dedicated, trained workers can speak into their lives. Jesus Christ. You know, we have people here every Sunday, and I won't point to any of them. We have people here every Sunday who came to this church because of our daycare. It's an amazing thing, the way that God is working in that ministry. The daycare ministry extends directly into our school ministry. I guess we'll put that one up. I know I'm standing right in front of the door. It's kind of obvious here. And I'm such a big guy that it's hard to see it. So. Um, but our, our school um, starts all the way down in preschool classes, three years old, four years old. And it goes up through the 12th grade. It really is an incredible ministry. Luke 2.52 says that Jesus increased... In wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and man. And according to that model, we're helping parents. Now, we don't take the place of parents, but we help parents to train their children academically. To train them physically through um, recess, and we have athletic programs. We are here to train them spiritually, and also socially. Just like Luke Luke 2.52 says, we get to speak into the lives of young people and their families from a biblical worldview with no apologies. We have teachers who can come in and teach history, not from the point of revisionist history, but from the point of the Bible is his story, and that's what history is. We get to walk into classrooms And we don't have to say, kids, you may have come from a monkey. We're not sure. We can say, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It's just such a better perspective to come from. It's so much more refreshing. And listen, I know that there are good, godly, Christian teachers in our area schools. I understand that. And I'm not dogging on anybody. I'm not against anybody. But even if they're Christians, they don't have the freedom to teach their curriculum from a biblical worldview. They have to teach it from where it's at. And they still can have an influence. And I'm all about having an influence and being a light in the community. I I understand all about that. But once again, uh, with this school ministry, I know that there are sincere people, godly people, who misunderstand the ministry. And some have told me that it takes away from our church. And I have to tell you, being around it day in and day out, I completely disagree. If you are involved in caring and serving and praying and loving these kids, you're aware of how much it adds to our church. It, it really does. And there are young people here today in church because of Centennial Baptist School. Um, it is our most difficult ministry to have, hands down. Most difficult one. It is the one that strains me personally more than any other ministry. It's why my hair is taking vacation. It's starting to, starting to come out. Um, no, I'm just teasing. We have a great staff. But this ministry, is a tough one to have. And we have kids from all different walks of life and all different churches in the community. And yet we're trying to bear fruit and bring people to the image of Jesus Christ, to the glory of God. I have to say, Centennial Baptist School, it may not be the right place for every child. It may not be the right place for your child. But I certainly thank the Lord for our students and our families and our staff. And if you ever have any questions about it, we'd love to help you and talk with you about it. And so that's one of our ministries. Now today I want to introduce two new ministries. Um, We're going to start with one, ironically, called Kids Start. So start with Kids Start. Kids Start is a new ministry that we're introducing today, and we're excited about it. Um, Kids Start is a special church service during this hour, the one we're in right now, every Sunday, designed just for four and five-year-olds. And we have a team that's going to be working with these kids, singing praise songs and worship songs, modeling Bible truths and stories, maybe doing a craft, connecting with them on a beginner level. You're going to know the staff members when you go to drop your kids off or pick them up. They're going to be wearing a Kids Start t-shirt that's either red or pink. Brother Crownover has the Kids Start t-shirt on today. They did not have any red ones in his size. And so he went with pink. Um, so, um, and He's man enough to handle it. He's man enough to wear pink. Yeah, real men can wear pink. So, um, <laughs> But he, he's, he's, he's got it going today with the kids' start t-shirt. And um, just to let you know, it, when you go to pick up your kids, you're going to see the people and they'll have the staff t-shirt on. They're going to interact with you in a professional way. We're not trying to become a corporation, but we ought to do things decently and in order. And we're even checking into some some check-in software and check-in options for all of our children's ministry for the future. We live in a day and age where there are a lot of crazy people in this world. And we want this to be a safe place. We want kids who come on this property to be able to learn about Jesus Christ in a safe way. And so we're just checking on some of those things. We're here to help parents with beginners to train up children in the way they should go. Just like we mentioned earlier, Proverbs 22.6. The other new ministry is called Kids Life. And I'm wearing one of their staff t-shirts today. Kids Life. And Kids Life is, um, is another new ministry. It's incredible the way it's going to work. It's going to be for kids first grade through fifth grade. It is their very own worship service. Um, in fact, they're going to have a worship team of teens that leads them in songs every week. They're going to have teams that do skits and model godly ideas to them. They're going to have truths that will be communicated in a special way to them each Sunday. And they're going to end with a small group time to apply the truth to their lives at their age and stage and get to talk through what does this truth look like to a first grader or to a third grader or to a fifth grade boy. Um, It's incredible, and I'm busting out excited about the development of, of both Kids Life and Kids Start. And both of these ministries have their kickoff Sunday next Sunday. Um, we do not have enough people on the teams Yeah, Certainly do not. Now, we have several people wearing T-shirts today. They're just modeling that we're starting the ministry next week. We need more help in both of these ministries. And uh, I know that it's a sacrifice. If, if you enjoy Sunday morning worship, it is a sacrifice for you to give up this hour to go and to be a part of a children's ministry. But it could be incredibly fruitful in days to come. And we need adults who will work with our teen teams to sit with these kids in small groups at the end of their service every week. We need adults who will give of themselves and sacrifice to be part of these ministries. And if you would like to help with that, once again, I hope you'll talk to me or to one of our staff or fill out your bulletin tear-off. There's another verse in Proverbs that says this, even a child is known by his doings. Whether his work be pure and whether it be right. We're investing as a congregation in connecting children with the path, with the door of Jesus Christ. And I'd like to end today with a commitment prayer for these nine ministries that are on this door. Before I pray, I'd like to encourage you just one more time. If you have an interest in helping in one of these special areas, I hope you'll let us know and uh, talk to us about it. Uh, We're going to be introducing in in two weeks from today, or three weeks from today, uh, some more new ideas about how some of these ministries will be implemented. And uh, once again, it's not this corporate professionalism. It is the local church doing ministry. One of the things that I'm so excited about here in 2012, we have more people doing ministry than we've ever had at Centennial. Now, our attendance is up too, but we have more people as a core of the church who are actually doing ministry. You know, that's what it takes. Every member to be a minister in some way. God is pleased by that. If you ever have any questions about how could I learn more, how could I go through discipleship, or what is a spiritual gift, how do I know what mine is? We'd love to talk to you about it. And this is the Sunday every year. We really try to highlight this. And so let's have a commitment prayer for our children's ministries today. Father, we thank you for each boy and each girl that you bring to Centennial Baptist Church. We know that you love every one of them much more than we ever could. We know that you have a specific plan and purpose for each of their lives. And I pray that as a church...